Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is back for our number two. Craig and Joe breaking down a little Major League Baseball. Fantasy wide receiver rankings. How did it play out in 2019? And of course, our Star Wars rankings. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to White. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe back with you for hour number two of our show. we got full-time fantasy coming up in an hour with the latest on the practice reports in the NFL. For those of you who are still playing, still caring here at Championship Week, uh, the uh, the last Star Wars edition, this is episode uh, nine, I guess, of Star Wars is going to come out. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to see this thing. I'm hoping on Thursday night. It looks like there's some opportunity here for me to go catch it because uh, Saturday and Sunday I'm all tied up. Don't have, I'm not going to have a chance to see it. I love that you said the last Star Wars. Like, if there's ever going to be a last Star Wars anything. Well, now true. that Disney's got its hands on it. Come on. No, don't fall into that. Do you, even do you when think- they call it The Last Jedi, it was the second to last movie in that even that trilogy. Do you <laughs> think they'll do a 10? They'll do an episode 10 eventually? I don't so? know, but there's going to be more Star Wars stuff where there's the end of this thing or it's like a spin off, whatever it is. Disney's got its claws in it, and once Disney got its claws in oh, it, they're yeah. going to do a million of them. Yeah. So you, know what, you know what happened was, um, at least from what I read, look, there's so many people have opinions on this, but it, it seems like they uh, when they did the Solo movie, it, it was overkill. Like, that ruined things for people. Like, it was just like, oh, another I think movie. it was fatigue. Yeah. It was fa- it's the first one I didn't That's go see the movie theater. For. Yeah, that there was, was Star word. Wars fatigue. You can't do a Star Wars movie every year. You went from not having a Star Wars movie for, like, 15 years or whatever it was to having a, one every year. And I think people got a little, like... You know, that's it's a little fatigue and you're tired of it. It's Lord of the Rings got away with it because everybody knew it was a trilogy. And you're like, okay, every year I'm going to have one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm going to go and it's going to be over in the third one. Okay, good. With this, it was like, we're going to do these three and then we're going to do these other side ones and all this stuff. And it sounded great at the time. And then I think some of it also had to do, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Solo a summer movie? I, you know, I don't even remember. I'm almost 100% sure it was a Memorial Day movie because I remember going, I could go see that Memorial Day weekend. And then I didn't. And I think it came a little bit too much on the heels of the one that came out in the um, in the wintertime. And I think that kind of ruined it for people, too. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. I know that they're there. Yeah, here it is. May release. May. Yeah, they have uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie coming out. That's or a series. That's the next one. Right. And, and that comes out in 2020. So um, in the summer, I believe. So that's that will be the next one to happen. But anyway, uh, people have been ranking these online. I thought it'd be fun, at least for a few minutes for us to do it. I'll give you mine and joe certainly you can uh, chime in on this too uh empire strikes back i got out the first my favorite one a new hope which was the original star wars is the second and return of the jedi i just think the original series was was the best oh absolutely uh, and it's not because we were young it's because they were the best ones they were the yeah, best were written great. ones yeah i think so uh rogue one i like more than all the other ones so i put 100%. that as four and i gave that a grade as an a all four of those get an a 
The Force Awakens, I thought was really good, and I'll give that my fifth ranking. The Last Jedi also was good as the sixth. And then I could do away with it with the rest of them, although I would say that Revenge of the Sith, the third movie of the when they redid the trilogies, was compelling because it showed how basically Darth Vader was more or less born. So I put that uh, like basically the first six were all good. Seven, I put a notch above the rest. And then the others I just didn't really like. Solo was OK, um, but not as good as Revenge of the Sith, I didn't think. And then the, and then I think a lot of people are alternating the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, Attack of the Clones, now that now that I go back and think about it, what actually happened in Attack of the Clones? I don't think anything even happened in that movie, honestly, Joe. I don't even remember. It's laughably bad. They, they were running. I was working on the, the baseball book on Saturday, and they were running a marathon, probably on TBS or TNT or whatever it is that they do these marathons. And it was on in the background, and I was listening to some of the dialogue in that one, and I'm just dying. Like, what happened? What, what was actionable in the star wars series actionable that, that was when you understood where the clones started like where the storm but did it need from. to be two hours on that um I... <laughs> it was awful like well, i think yoda been, didn't, didn't yoda totally fight in that movie wasn't that uh, it was no there yoda a... fought in the third one he fought in sith he fought um he fought darth sidious in the third one i thought they he had... fought uh, dooku in the second one Oh, wait, maybe you're right. You know, I guess you're right. I guess he fought Dooku also. Yeah, I know he fought in the third one. You're right. You're right. He fought in the second one, too. I forgot. Um, I tried to block out clones. That's an F. That is like one of the worst movies ever made. The acting is so bad. The writing is worse. And it's just it. it's got to that point where George Lucas had so much power that nobody could go over to him. It's kind of like Scorsese and the Irishman. You're like, hey, hey, this isn't good. You shouldn't you shouldn't have them say those words. It's really terrible. Stop putting in stupid characters falling down and hurting themselves. Nobody cares about that. It's cheapening the product. Nobody could tell him any of this stuff. It's And my whole thing with Revenge of the Sith is it's better by comparison, but it's kind of like when you go out to dinner uh, or to like someone else's house for dinner and it's a, they're a terrible cook, but there's that one side dish that's, oh, well, this is tolerable, but because everything else is so bad, you're like, well, it's mac and cheese. It's not the best mac and cheese, but it's, it's the only thing I can eat right now. That's kind of Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is a D- I think uh, wow. Phantom Menace is a D minus, and I think Attack of the Clones is an F, and it's not hot take. They're atrocious, but some of the did, fights. Did we in the feel first that way when good. when they came out at the time? I don't. Oh, I, feeling, I I don't remember feeling I, that way. Jar Jar Banks drove out. me crazy. I was like, this is the dumbest thing. Why is this character in here? He's killing the flow of this movie. You've got Liam Neeson, who's giving these. Liam Neeson was actually pretty good in that movie. It felt I thought like he was he really had, good. He did, but there he is having all the Liam Neeson gravitas of speaking about the Jedi thing, and then the other guy next goes, oh, Misa, fall down and hurt myself. Oh, Misa, crazy. Oh, Jar Jar, I don't think you should touch that. Oh, no, why? Oh, and then he gets zapped by something. It's ridiculous. But, well, the reviews on Jar Jar were terrible, and they took him out of the movie after that. They didn't put him well, in Well, he second. showed up in the other ones. He was like very cameo very and stuff like that. Big. But Empire is definitely the best one. I agree with the originals being the top three. I could even make the argument that Rogue One – and you know me, I'm a sucker for a down ending. I can make the argument Rogue One is actually number three. Because Jedi is fun and all. I get why Jedi would be three, but Rogue One, just as a standalone film, it's a really good movie. Like, that is a really strong film. It was really good. You don't have to know anything about anything else going on True. to enjoy it. Yeah. And I would actually put Last Jedi ahead of Force Awakens. I told you, I did not like the rehash where Force Awakens was just the 2.0 version of New Hope to an extent where there was just lack of imagination. Whereas last Jedi also had a lot more fun and whimsy. I feel like the first one, everybody was so pensive and trying so hard about, there was just so much effort being acted everywhere about everything. Whereas last Jedi was kind of like, 
Hey, you know, we don't take uh, from the first moment in the movie where Luke Skywalker goes over and grabs the lightsaber and tosses it into the water. That right. was amazing. That set the whole tone for the movie of finally, thank God, somebody with a sense of humor, because the first one did it not was, have much. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. The last Jedi did have more humor in it. But a lot of people didn't like that movie. I don't know. If, I thought it was pretty good. I um, and, and, was I, and I also, in tone, didn't you think like of the Han Solo it was, Skywalker? It was. I thought it was good. I also tone, lo- yeah. I like Revenge of the Sith more than you, which is fine. I mean, I, I thought that I thought that movie was compelling. Go uh, watch the scene between him and her and that breakup scene where she's like, Anakin, I this again, just because I just saw it, Anakin, it, it'll never work. I'm a senator and I'm doing all these things. And and you you have this path ahead of like, the, the dialogue and the love scenes between him and Natalie Portman. Well, the second so one, bad. love scenes were well, that was all oh, these even worse. But the one I'm talking about, I got watch, I'll, have to, go one, watch. Bad, I'll so have to go bad. back. And, and by the way, just for people who are wondering, I know you haven't seen it, Joe. So again, I'm not doing all spoilers and all this, but Mandalorian to me. Um, so far, and again, it has to finish out. The last couple have been eh, but Mandalorian goes ahead of Attack of the Clones, ahead of The Phantom Menace, ahead of Solo, ahead of Revenge of the Sith, ahead of The Last Jedi, and ahead of The Force Awakens for me. So now, wow, look, it, really? it could it, it could go sour in the next couple, and that could change my opinion of it, but it is definitely it's not as good as Rogue One, but it definitely is in the conversation of the middle of the pack. Definitely wow. in there. Yeah, I just it, finished Watchmen last night, and I got to tell you, if you're looking for something to binge over the holidays, nine episodes, man, is it good. You have to see the movie or read the book to have, to really appreciate it, but my goodness, is that great. All right. Well, that's not Star Wars, which the it's segment not. was. Okay. That's all right. Co- coming back, uh, we will talk a little bit about the NFL. We'll play a little quiz for the 2019 NFL season. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And always fun to take a look back at some stats in 2019 to see who's really paying attention and not. In general, I probably will not be very good at this, but I will give it my best shot. Uh, Joe, what do you got here for us here in the second? Uh, well, I wanted to do a little game, a little, little playing little game here, get you some uh, some stats and some stuff, and a little fun things that we don't realize about what's going on the NFL season. But you have your nose to the grindstone. You tell all the kids, hey, go outside and play. Daddy's doing work watching some football. So I thought we would uh, dive into some of those here and, and get into them. And uh, the first thing here is uh, a question about uh, maybe something you didn't realize. Who is leading the Miami Dolphins in rushing this year, Craig Mish? Um, who is leading the Miami Dolphins in rushing this year? Mm-hmm. I am going to say, uh, gosh, oh man, I'll give you three guesses. Holy cow! I don't know. Uh, Fitzpatrick. That is correct. Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually leading 
the Miami Dolphins in rushing this year. So how sad is that when you consider where they've been this year and uh, how bad they've been as a, as a rushing team? That's, that's pretty atrocious, don't you think? Ryan Fitzpatrick, old man Fitzpatrick, actually leading the team in rushing. Yeah, no, I never, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. So, Do you think that you. next year this is something they address? <laughs> and if so, how? Oh, they're going to have to uh, draft Swift, who they're going to take from the uh, from Georgia. That's who they want. Is that is that the guy for them? That's yeah. their dude. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to go down the running back, the early running back wagon. I can understand some of them have been good lately. You know, the Saquon, Nick Chubb, early running backs have been pretty good so far. So I, I can understand that. I can understand what's going on. All right, let's stick with the rushing theme right now. Can you name? The uh, the bottom four teams in rushing yards in the NFL. Can I use Miami as one? Uh, you can. OK, thanks. Um, okay. Who is who is just better than Miami? So let's actually let's take a let's let's name Detroit. teams 28, 29, Detroit. 30 and 31. No, Detroit. Detroit is not one of them. Wow. Detroit is number 21. OK, OK. So, so you have 28, have 29, 30 and 31. You have four teams you can name here. The worst rushing teams in the NFL this year. Okay. So and Miami's so bad they haven't broken a thousand yards for the year, by the way. Okay, so I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta look at the worst teams in the NFL here. So um Arizona uh is Arizona in there? Arizona is not. Wow. Arizona is not it's, in there. Well you really can't Kenyon Drake just by himself last couple of I know times. he had that he had that great <laughs> Arizona's run. number fourteen with sixteen hundred and sixty six rushing yards in the year. Okay. Oh man. Um some of them might surprise you. One of them we've already talked about today earlier. We've talked about it in terms I'm of the really, impact. I'm really struggling. Think um, of a Saturday game that we talked about in Philadelphia. Bought. Philadelphia is not on that list. I'm wow. sorry of the bottom. So See, I told you I'm terrible at this. Well, I'm trying to help you listen to the. I'm giving you a lifeline here. What team did we talk about that? We know this free agent pickup on the waiver wire is going to get action because they just can't run the football. Tampa Bay. That is correct. Tampa Bay was number 28 with 1279. Who is worse than Tampa Bay? Okay, so Tampa uh, Bay 28 and the Dolphins are 30, correct? 32. Yep, yep. 32. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, so there's three in between there. There's three in between here. One of which is one of your favorite busts to lament about it running back this year. Atlanta. That is one of them. That is, that's not the one I was thinking. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. There you go. And the last one. I got them all. Oh, no. One, no, more. one more. 31. Chicago's 29 at 1199. The Falcons are 1139. Chargers? No, it is not the Chargers. The Chargers are 23rd. So here's this team. Ready? You ready for this? I'll give you a hint. Oh. I'll give you a hint. All right. You would never guess because they brought in a big star running back this offseason. Oh, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, 10-86. How depressing is that? Like Adam Gase ruins everything. Is that pretty much safe to say at this point? Yeah. I mean, I never would have guessed that. So they bring in Le'Veon Bell. And Adam Gaze doesn't want Le'Veon Bell. And then he's proven to you, he really doesn't want Le'Veon Bell. And granted, the offensive line is not good. They have had a lot of offensive line problems, especially running the football. But my goodness, could you imagine Le'Veon Bell going from the Steelers to a team that is in the bottom of the barrel in terms of rushing? They are almost last in the league in rushing the football. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. All right, let's do some passing. Who are the worst passing teams in the league? We can go 28 to 32. So in terms of passing yardage in the league this year, now, we know there's been a lot of turnover at quarterback, a lot of injuries at quarterback, so you could certainly factor some of those into these. But who are the worst passing yardage teams in the NFL this year? The worst passing teams in the NFL are the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is number 31. You have gotten one. Okay. You're one uh, for one. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, have to be last. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, changes at quarterback. Think young quarterbacks. Taking New York over. Jets. New York Jets are 29. Very good. Jets are just bad, period. I think we've proven that for these last two, <laughs> two questions. Uh, 
York Jets. Uh, how many more do I got? Uh, you've got oh, Cincinnati. Uh, hello. No, Cincinnati. Really? No, wow. Cincinnati's at 22. Oh, Denver, Denver, Denver. Yes. At 30. So you don't have the last. So Pittsburgh Jets, okay. Broncos, Steelers are 29, 30 and 31. Who is dead last in passing yards this year? One of our favorite waiver wire wide receivers is on this team. Despite the fact he's pretty much the only guy who's useful. Oh, on easiest team. one of all. Easiest one Who? of all. I should have had it from the very beginning. Washington. Correct. Washington. Yeah. Here's the surprise. 28 is in the playoffs. 28 is actually playing for something this weekend on Saturday afternoon. The Rams? No, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's right. Daniel Jones. He's a, he's a runner, though. Yeah, he's no, the Buffalo a... Bills. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but Daniel Jones is more of a... Not Daniel oh. Jones. That would be oh, Josh Allen. Ah, gosh, Josh Allen. No, no, Craig, no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Stop, Joe. How many times can you get this wrong? But I gave you a couple chances. All right, here's a fun one. The top 10 quarterbacks in the league this year in passing, who has the best quarterback rating? I'll give you the names of the players who, you know, so let you think about it. The top 10 in passing yards this year in the NFL are Winston, Prescott, Rivers, Goff, Ryan, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and at number 10, Kirk Cousins. Of those 10, who do you think has the best passer rating? Cousins. Kind of a fun, fun little, what'd you say? Cousins? You are correct. Cousins okay. at right. 111.1. Finally got one. Yeah, finally got good for you. Any of these. Good for you. Well, hey, that was that was a good one there. Russell no, that Wilson was, was second. Yeah. Who has more passing yards this year, Tom okay. Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Both have been busts. Uh, <laughs> they have, but not still, Brady. You are correct by a hundred. Yeah. So well, well, yeah, well, listen, the last three weeks for Brady have been brutal, but the first ten weeks were pretty good. Like he wasn't they terrible until now. And Brady's still not terrible. It's just they're not doing what they normally do. But look, I in the championship league I have. I started Brady the first 12 weeks, you know, it's like now you can't do it anymore, but he was fine the first half you know, of the season. He was pretty good. All right. Can you name the 10,000 yard rushers in the NFL right now? As of week 16, heading into it, we have 10 guys who have okay. already hit the the thousand yard threshold. This All would right. be pretty easy. Maybe not the last couple. We'll say. All right. So uh, Cook is in there. McCaffrey is in there. Cook is in there. McCaffrey's in there. That's two. Aaron Jones is in there. He's had a great year. No. Wow. I'm already Aaron out. Jones is 15. He does not have a thousand yards. Chubb is in there. Chubb is in there. That's three. Come on. What season is it? I say it every day. What season is it? I don't know. Tennessee Titans. It's oh, Derrick Henry. Henry. Okay. okay. Henry's the fourth. You got four. Uh, Your boy. who Carson is the year. fifth. There you go. Carson, Carson is the fifth. That's easy. He's boring, but he gets it done every week and he's a high priced guy. He wears a star on his helmet. Carson's the fifth. Zeke is the sixth. sixth. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. You've got four more to go. Is Mixon have a thousand yet or no? No, he is no. at he is at nine twenty five. Very okay. close. Good he's, guess. Good job. Sixth. All right. Uh, it's not girly. Definitely not. It's uh, not girly. One of them uh, has had an incredibly uh, gifted passing totals in terms of receptions this year that we were just lamenting about yesterday. It's like, look, wait, at, is it rushing like, and receiving or just no? This is this is thousand yard rushers. Eckler has no. It's not Eckler, but you're getting closer. A guy who's caught a ton of footballs this year, but more surprising than Eckler, how many he's caught. Because this was oh, not four net, four net, four net. There four you go. Net. That's seven. You've got three more to go, Craig Mish. Three more to go. Okay. Three more to go. I believe in you. You can do it. All right. So, One of which is a rookie. Uh, is this Barkley? No, he doesn't have a thousand. No, no, no. A rookie. Rookie has a thousand yards. Rookie that's got a thousand yards. He might not play another game the rest of the year, but he tried last week. He was pretty decent. Rookie. Oh, uh, Jacobs is good. Yeah. Jacobs. There you go. There's two more. Two more guys. You're so close. You're so close to rounding this bad boy. Out. <laughs> I can't get any of them, though. It's so sad. Well, look, one of them is not a running back. 
Oh, Jackson. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Lamar Jackson there is. He's number eight overall at 1,103. Wow. That's and the insane. last one, here's the, again, the old, number 10 on the list. I'll give you one more shot. This is a veteran who got released earlier in the year and picked up by another team. Oh, Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Like only I said, Hyde has been a shocking. I mean, we'll never hear from him ever again after the year, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but a shockingly good year for him. 1,030. Sure. This is exactly the kind of shocking year that Adrian Peterson had last year. Too, you know, where nobody wanted him. You picked him up. All of a sudden, he had a thousand yards and like oh, eight that, touchdowns. Listen, that was a very good trivia. I'm unfortunately horrible at it. Yeah, but we learned some things. I think. Oh, I, I think definitely it's, think it's I would not have known. I would not have known. All right, uh, we'll come back. We have some stock up, stock down in fantasy baseball. And if you ever thought of playing darts, you may want to go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We started a conversation yesterday that we will continue today in terms of fantasy baseball. A little stock up, stock down. Earlier today, we also had an interesting uh, signing as well. Uh, but let's kind of go through it here, Joe. And there's a couple of free agent signings and then one trade as we go back to the winter meetings and even touch on the things that have happened in the last 48 hours. Start off with this one. Nomar Mazzara traded from the Texas Rangers to the Chicago White Sox. I know a couple of years ago, Joe, we, everyone was you know kind of in on Mazzara. He never really improved his strikeout rate, plate discipline. And although he hit the longest home run ever in that ballpark in Texas, Never really took that next step. Do you think he does that with the White Sox stock up, stock down, or just the same guy? Uh, stock up, because I think sometimes people get a little sour on a player who doesn't, it doesn't happen right away. And we pound the table and go, why, why isn't this guy as good as we think he is? Well, sometimes it takes a little time. He's not that old. The guy's just 25 years old. And I'm not ready to give up on him. He's playing in a very good lineup, maybe even potentially a better one in some ways, certainly deeper than the one he was playing in. He doesn't have the attention of being the guy either. I think that I think sometimes with young players, there's a lot of pressure. We talked about J.D. Martinez playing in a situation in Houston when he came up. A lot of pressure to be the guy. No lineup support. He gets traded to Detroit. All of a sudden, good things happen. We've seen this happen to other guys, too. So for me, I think this is a great time to buy in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues on, on Nomar Mazzara. I believe in the power. I like the fact that he's already driven in 100 runs in his career. He's missed some time the last two game, two years. Excuse me. So that's certainly part of it. But if he gives you a, a 260 season with 25 home runs and 80 RBIs, I think we'd all take that to the bank. And I think that's well within his grasp. So stock up because I think a lot of people have soured and I'm ready to buy. All right. Kevin Gossman goes to the Giants. And I think that that, you know, on Mazzara is pretty much the same way that I feel on it is that, uh, you know, you can go either way, but there is certainly a chance that that he's better in Chicago. Maybe this is a wake up call. Uh, Kevin Gossman to the Giants. Joe, I think the Giants are going to be a disaster. I've never been in on Gossman. They're paying him to be a starter. You don't give somebody $9 million to be a reliever, especially on that team. They're going to want some innings eaten by him for sure. 
They don't have a lot of great bullpen options for sure. By the way, they don't have a lot of great starting options for sure. But he is going to a better park in the National League. They're moving the fences in a little bit, so we have to factor that in. Kevin Gossman, Joe, stock up, stock down, same with the Giants. No, stock down still. It's <clears throat> nothing Nothing helps him right now. <laughs> going to a situation where he's got a lot of support. Um, you know, ballpark might be a plus. Maybe he's a guy in the NL only a stream and a good matchup. Maybe in DFS on a short, weird slate, he's got a good matchup at home against somebody, but I'd have to see it. Gossman's a guy that had talent. Baltimore just ruined him. And looking at that rotation right now, too, with Cueto and Samarja at the top, the rest of it's just, you know, questionable to say the least. And you're right. Gossman's getting paid to be a starter. He will be a starter, but I don't think he's a starter you want in fantasy. So stock down for me. All right, uh, let's move over to uh, the starting pitching with the New York Mets. Brody Van Wagenen, the GM, says that they have the deepest pitching staff in baseball. I think he said that. Okay. Uh, Michael Waka and Rick <laughs> Porcello. Waka on a one-year $3 million deal. That can be $10 million if he pitches great. Wouldn't shock me, by the way. I like Waka, but you know he hasn't you know, been a model of health over the years. Rick Porcello, a very uh, down year for the Red Sox a couple of years ago. Cy Young guy. Um Stock up with Waka, stock down. Stock up with Porcello, stock down. It's intriguing to me because you put these two guys together and maybe you have that one really good fifth arm. <laughs> you know, between between the durability of Porcello and the upside of Waka, I don't know which one you're going to get, but we both know you need seven starters in Major League Baseball nowadays to get through a whole season. And the Mets have that right now almost. They have six guys and they've got some guys they can swing in there. So... That is a huge win, and he might not be wrong saying they have the deepest. Now, you can't count on Waka. That's the problem. I think Waka, <clears throat> look, because it's an incentive-laden deal, in some leagues and deeper leagues, I might be apt to take a shot on him. Porcello, I'm definitely apt to take a shot on, and I don't love Porcello. So I would say stock up, very little up for Waka because sometimes change of scenery is good, sometimes the new voice is good. We'll see if he's healthy. You know he's playing to try to salvage his career, so that's always when guys buckle down and get to it. And Porcello's kind of the same deal. He's he's bet on himself. He's coming off a bad year with a 5.5 ERA. The National League's going to help that. But the one positive with Porcello is innings, innings, innings. 223, 203, 191, 174 last year, but he still made 32 starts. So this is a guy that has thrown 170 or more innings since 2011. And I think in this day and age, moving him to the NL, that's a positive. Strikeout rate isn't always going to be spectacular. It's been much better of late. Last year, it was down just a tad compared to the last three years. So I say stock up for Porcello. All right. I agree on uh, on that. I think that the Mets you know, have a good enough defense, by the way, behind him, too, to make that important. That Because be he's very player. hittable. You're right. And they have to have that. Uh, DeShields Jr. goes to the Indians. We touched on Kluber yesterday. DeShields had some funny tweets out yesterday <laughs> about the city of Cleveland. Um, I mean, look, their outfield is kind of thin. And, Joe, I'm going to guess that he's going to have a chance to play more. Now, look, he has had chances with the Tigers. He has. I'm sorry, with uh, with Texas. And it just hasn't worked out. He has not played well. It, it has to be on him. But... I would guess because open PT in the outfield gives him a stock up, but he's got to make the most of it this time. I don't think he's got another chance after this. Well, this is a golden opportunity here because they could certainly use somebody at the top of the order there. They, um, and defensively, he's got good range because of the speed. Mercado's a nice player. I think you can believe in him. Naquin's just always hurt. Naquin's one of these guys I think if Naquin was healthy, he would pretty much be an Adam Eaton type stat line, but he just can't ever stay on the field so this is a golden opportunity for DeShields 
I think you take a shot on him in Roto because of the stolen bases. I mean, there's just no reason not to. Even last year, he stole 42, uh, 24 bags, excuse me, in just 118 games and just 357 at-bats. So you look at it and you go, wow, if this guy played 150 games, he could certainly go over 30. He's only caught six times, too. That's not terrible. He just needs to get on base more. He needs to really make the most of this opportunity. I would not buy in on him in points leagues or maybe head-to-head roto categories I'll buy into because of the roto format. But in points leagues, I still stay away. Too many strikeouts from my taste, not enough power. But in roto, I think you take another shot. So stock up there, stock down in points leagues. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's you know kind of the key there. And look, some stolen bases could help. You're right about that as well. Um, Wade Miley to the Reds is our... Uh, we have two more, actually, because something happened earlier today we'll get to. But uh, Wade Miley to the Reds, Joe. Um, I got to stock down here. I, I can't go stock up on this. He was with no. the best analytical pitching organization. I know that people are going to make fun. Oh, because of the cheating and all that. And I get that. But uh, Wade Miley to the Reds. What do you got on this one? Uh, stock down. I mean, even though it's a move to the National League, it's the Wade Miley cycle. I did it yesterday. It's just what it is. He's going to have some good starts that make you want to add him off the waiver wire. He's going to have some starts when he's in your active lineup that you want to absolutely hang yourself from a very tall tree. And this is the Wade Miley cycle. It's never going to break. It's not a good ballpark for home runs, obviously, for pitchers. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pass on Wade Miley still. Don't like him. Don't want him. All right, and how about this one that broke earlier today? This is a great move for 2012 here, Joe. The Marlins signed Matt Kemp. <laughs> I'm sensing a little bit of sarcasm in your voice. Wow, <laughs> I didn't see this one coming, and, I, and I'm pretty clairvoyant when it comes to the Marlins here. So Matt Kemp gets a non-roster invite uh, with the Marlins, and I suppose... I can't believe he's still playing. Yeah, he didn't play well at all last year. He played very well two years ago with the Dodgers. But two years ago, he was very good. So what was. was the deal? What happened? It's, it's kind of weird. You figure, okay, is he just done? Is it just time to be done if you're Matt Kemp because you spent most of the year in the minor leagues last year? But he apparently wants to play. Look, from the Marlins' perspective, I get it. But he was absolutely dreadful last year. But two yeah, years ago, sure. he was decent <laughs> i just well but that's it, kind of the story of a veteran at the end is they you know for two months they can do well and then you know it just doesn't click for the whole they, year he played I, with I, mattingly in la right i'm oh, thinking yes, the same time sure. frame yeah. okay so that could that could be part of it too bringing in a guy that could just kind of help the young kids you know maybe this is more like that kind of a signing than it is like hey pay attention to this he's going to be our everyday right, right but the other part of it too is that they have a lot of young players if he makes the team like who's he blocking there like, he's I, only I, a year away from 2185 with a 290 batting average i mean, <laughs> like I, mean I guess but granderson was only a couple of years away from that true it's a good point him. yeah but kemp was I, always I, a i i think that i i don't think it's going to stop them from doing anything i still think that they're going to still sign a um an outfielder, but I mean, my my guess would be Kemp profiles as as the fourth guy. Uh, but they're they're not going into the season with Matt Kemp as their starting left fielder. It's going to be somebody else, either Dickerson or Calhoun or Puig, somebody. Well, or right now on the Bray. roster, they've got Brinson in center, Cooper and Wright and Anderson on left, according to the depth chart. No, that's totally wrong. No. It's totally wrong. So it's why is it totally wrong? <laughs> Uh, Anderson, they've got Aguilar at first, Villar at third, Diaz at second, Roas at short. No, Anderson is uh, the right fielder, and the center fielder is not somebody that we know yet. They haven't gotten okay. whoever that person will be yet. And the left fielder. It ain't Lewis Brinson. I think that no. experiment's over, right? No, no. So they don't have a left fielder, and they don't have a center fielder. So so those two will have to separate itself. I, I thought what they would do, and I wouldn't rule this out either way. I heard this last week, was this this could be it. Not impossible. Um. Cooper in right field 
Anderson back to third, VR in center field, and then a new hmm. left fielder still. A new left fielder. Still. They, they have, the left fielder is has not is not on the team. That I know for would sure. Would Puig be a good signing for them or a bad signing for them? I know you tweeted that it would be good, but I don't get it. I don't. I don't see the point. Yeah, I, I don't see the point with it. I don't. I, don't, I think it'd be very popular in the community down there. It, it would not make any difference at all. Zero. There okay. would not. Five more people would not come to the market. Well, no, I'm not saying more in the ballpark. Just from a PR. I know, standpoint. but that's what they're looking to do. Is they're looking to bring people in. And when and Stan was hitting 125 home runs in one season, nobody went to the games. You know, right? The only right. the only You're the only bump they ever got was when Jose Fernandez pitched and. That was a four or five thousand uh, person bump, but beyond that, um, you know, there was there, there's nothing. It's it, look, it's an interesting move. It's a surprising move for me. I did not, uh, you know, again, normally I see these these kind of things uh, coming. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. When we'll come back, uh, female dart player wins the championship secretly. Is there anything that Joe Pizzapia is good at that we don't know? Because I know a lot of this stuff, but there may be something that we don't know. So we'll hit on that next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Yesterday on the show, we talked about the top surprises and disappointments at running back in fantasy. Now, Joe, let's touch on the wide receiver position in fantasy. And certainly, I think that everybody knows the guys at the top. Uh, Had Mike Evans been healthy, uh, this season would have ended. Michael Thomas won. Godwin, two. Evans three, or we could have alternated those. I firmly believe that would have been one, two, three, but because of Evans's injury doesn't play in week uh, 15 is not going to play in week 16 either. So the way that it stands right now is Thomas is one. Godwin is two. And how is Hopkins three? I, I, that, steady, I mean, steady, steady. It, it hasn't been, <laughs> hey, well, but it's not steady. Nothing. It, it's the problem is he hasn't had a uh, He's had a lot of high floor games, but not a lot of high ceiling ones. And it's been frustrating because when you take a guy number one, you expect him to win you weeks. The problem is he's winning you weeks by just kind of helping you compete every week. And in the flex championship, he's on my roster. He was my first overall pick. I think I got him at 11 and there were 10 or something like that. But 
he hasn't had those, oh my God, three touchdown, 150 games. Those those haven't happened. But you look at the average, he's the third highest there with 18.8 in, in PPR. So uh, what's shocking to me is that Edelman is right behind him at number four this year, which is really staggering. And another guy, too, is probably not finishing the year healthy. So at 33, I think there's a lot of questions going next year into you know Edelman's value. Yeah, I you know I think that's a very good point. Edelman could, I think, still have one more really good year, but the Patriots are going to have to attack that position. Uh, Cup has been surprisingly good, even though Goff has been in and out. He checks in at number five here overall on the season in terms of his fantasy points. Uh, look, I'm a big Julio Jones fan, and I know that there's been some up, there's been some down. He actually missed a game a couple of weeks ago, which is amazing to think he could still be a top 10 receiver and not get any accolades at all. Without a doubt, the most shocking name that you could give, like you want to play a little trivia and do stats, Joe, you could give people a million guesses. They would never guess DJ Moore as a top 10 receiver in fantasy this year. There's no way. Well, if you were, well, that's the problem is, you know, again, the general public versus the fantasy football community, which is very rabid. Don't get me wrong. And there's a lot more of them than any other sport. But DJ Moore is the worst slash best kept secret in fantasy right now, a wide receiver, because he's only got four touchdowns. So that is not. A glossy thing. If you add another four touchdowns like Cooper Cup has and like uh, Mike Evans has, all of a sudden, man, we're talking about this guy in the top five. And that's how good DJ Moore has been in terms of points. He's at 230 in PPR. He is right behind Julio Jones. And DJ Moore has been consistent. The target volume has been consistent. Everything's been consistent. Now we'll see what happens because Will Greer's taking over at quarterback. So I don't know if that's the guy they're going with next year. Probably not. But we have to keep a close eye he played so well with Kyle Allen you want to just make sure that he's always going to be you know used in the offense properly I can't imagine them wasting him after how consistent he's been but him Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay cracking that wide receiver one group so far in points at the end of the year is is great because the future looks really good with you know Galladay proving that doesn't matter who's on him doesn't matter who's playing quarterback Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver one and there were some questions going into this year whether or not that was the case. He's answered them. DJ Moore has emerged as well as a top 10 wide receiver in 2020 for sure. Yeah, I think so. And uh, and look, Carolina's, you know, the quarterbacking situation has to get better next year. It can't get worse. So um, of these 12, who do you think is most likely to fall out of the wide receiver one next year? There's Keenan Allen. There's Amari Cooper, who's had injuries and stuff. No, I, I think I, it's Edelman. I really do. I think I, I Edelman mean, is. I is, hate to say it, but it's life. probably right. It's probably <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, Galladay's quarterbacking situation will be as good or better. Amari Cooper's will be as good or better. Allen would be interesting if they don't if they don't bring in someone, or they tear it all down. You know, like if if the Chargers would end up with. Okay, so they're not going to get Burrow. They're probably not going to get Tua. Like, what would happen if they got uh, Herbert on Oregon, Joe? Like, mm-hmm. Allen would take a big dip. Like, that would be a big fallout because Herbert's going to need some time, I think, in the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked if Keenan Allen's on the trade block. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's fair, too. They might I mean, just tear the whole thing. They might they, go with their best receivers. Williams, Mike Williams. That's for sure. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> So I know yeah, it's like so streaming into a cave the last 10 well, weeks. Look, I mean, everybody that here, did yeah. not work out. I mean, look, <laughs> no, in, in, the season was a bust, but, but, but the uh, evaluation was right <laughs> of the talent. Yeah, so the process doesn't always equal the results. <laughs> nope. Um, Lockett uh, is interesting. He, he is just outside the top 
uh, 12, but wherever you drafted Lockett, that worked out. He, he produced the ADP. The only problem was is I know a lot of people did not use him this week because of the last couple of weeks, and that was, and they burned people. You've been and up that, and down. I feel like the wide receiver two group is that group that there's a, there's a deficit, whether it be they don't show up every week, whether it be they have inconsistent touchdowns or quarterback play, but there's one or two of these yeah. guys that have really emerged who really didn't do too much in the first you know couple weeks of the season who have really come on strong too. And so I think like wide receiver two is the one you pay the most attention to because this group I think can make or break you in 2020. Okay. Uh, so beyond that, the guys in this group that I would, I'll tell you this. Okay. So lock it. Sure. Uh, DJ, uh, well, your boy, John Brown's in this group, DJ Chark. <clears throat> you know, I would not bet on him doing this again next year. I could not. Uh, even with the quarterbacking situation can't get worse, but I, I, I think this is a little fluky with him. I, I don't know that I would go back down that road. John Brown is obviously very good. Um, Landry, I would say, is probably exactly the same. Sutton could be better. It's possible. Um, even if Sutton just repeats, that is a strong I, he's a repeat. wide receiver, too. He's a, wide he's a top 20 too. wide receiver. There's no way around it. I don't care who's the quarterback. Corlin Sutton's top 20. 63 yeah, for 1,000. It looks that way. Touchdowns. It looks that way. It mm-hmm. does. Uh, Parker, I would say, would not do what he did this year. I think that I, I would question after now that he's been paid what he will be. I'm a little worried question. about that. I'm not, statement not sure. To be worried. I will take some shots. I, I, There's no way I can't because I think I don't some think leagues be will there be, a, there'll be enough people like you who can't buy in that he'll fall. And then there'll be other leagues where I won't get him because there'll be too many people who buy in in that league to him being what he was last mm-hmm. year. Somewhere sure. in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. I, I think there'll be a couple of receivers in the draft that'll be higher than some of these names we're mentioning, by the way. But mm. uh, uh, Diggs would be a no for me next year. I'm not going down the road again, even though he is grading out top 24. Ridley is fine where he is. I think that's right. Marvin Jones is probably, I mean, it's amazing. Marvin Jones missing all this time and being so inconsistent. Mm. I mean, Marvin Jones's fantasy seasons are all within three or four games. I mean, that's basically what he does. Yeah, um, what an amazing tale between Marvin Jones and Robert Woods, too, in PPR, because they both almost have the same, almost identical amount of points. Woods has one touchdown. Marvin Jones has nine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's just the difference of yardage and catches. I mean, but also amazing. Woods missed a game, and also the quarterback play was so bad on the road too. Uh, I, I would absolutely take Woods as my solid wide receiver too, and not even think twice about it next year. I agree. Out on Brown, out on Boyd for sure. No way. He had AJ Brown's come on real strong here. Yeah, AJ Brown has got to be in that conversation too. It depends on again one year deal for Tannehill. So you don't know. I mean, he could be gone. Um, so that closes out the wide receiver twos. Uh, Sanders is a wide receiver three. Sure. Uh, McLaurin, I would take as a wide receiver two with a bullet next year. Agreed. He's got to be better than he's missed more. some time too. That's another guy that probably would have finished somewhere. He's good. He's good. You know, he probably would have finished in the top 20 had he played a couple other games yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Um, Beckham, I'm out. I don't care where he goes. Uh, I won't. I mean, late pick for me. Metcalf. Amazing. Had, Terry McLaurin's outscored Odell Beckham. Let oh, that sink sure. in for a second. That Metcalf's a fantastic player. He's going to be awesome next year. Adams will be better. He was hurt. Uh, Crowder, I'm out. I mean, this is just, you know, luck of the situation that was happening with the Jets this season. Uh, Beasley, not shockingly, has been uh, very good, although PPR you know, Beck- steady. 
that could be coming to an end. Hill was hurt. He'd be a wide receiver one for – I mean, look, Hill's going to be drafted as a wide receiver one next year. Well, and this is why it's important you look at the average points, right? So he's all the way down here cumulatively at 32, but average points, he's at 16.6. Yeah, so that puts him in a different conversation. All right. Top five guy. Right. Uh, and then the and then the end guys, I don't I don't you know they they could be higher next year or they could be lower. Nothing would shock me. Uh, Gallup, Samuel, I know you like Slayton next year. Love Slayton. And then Fitzgerald put out an interesting tweet about uh, his son graduating school and thanking people and stuff. I don't know. I mean, is Fitzgerald going to play again next year? He may. I guess he could. He might. It's possible. I think they're going to be better next year. I think the Cardinals are a team on the upswing. Believe yeah. it or not, they'll yeah. get rid of David Johnson. If I told you a rookie wide receiver at week six, entering week 16 had 44 catches for 690 and eight touchdowns, what would you say? That's a pretty good year, right? Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny that uh, I did notice somebody on Twitter said that Slayton has actually been the best rookie wide receiver. He has. Year. And yeah. and and I keep and there's another guy that, you know, but I'm telling you. When you watch this kid play, he's got a nose for the end zone. He shows up in, in the red zone spots. He's getting a lot of looks. Daniel Jones has a lot of confidence with him. Now it's probably built in because he probably had all most of camp with Slayton and both being rookies, but that stuff matters when they get out there on the field. And Darius Slayton has even shown it with Eli these couple weeks. He's got a couple touchdowns from Eli Manning. So he's gotten touchdowns from Eli and Daniel Jones. He's, he's competing at wide receiver three as a rookie with subpar quarterback play a better year of Daniel Jones of a little bit more consistency Slayton could go from number 35 overall here on this, you know, cumulative list to, I think, in the in the mid 20s with with he could be, he a, could wide be a wide receiver too next year. I could see that. All right. Um, let's do this. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. When we come back next, it's time to end with the two minute drill. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia here with you on the show. And as always, we end our program with the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? All right, we end the show today with a little more Star Wars talk. I know you guys can't get enough of that, but got to say that there is a little sadness in me to think that the uh, first trilogy, second trilogy, third trilogy is indeed coming to an end this weekend. The only thing that I would ask is for those people who listen to the show, and I know it's unavoidable, is that it is not always easy, just like for Joe Pizzapia, who has two children, I have two children, and things to do. 
Please don't ruin this movie. That's all I ask. Please don't ruin this movie with anything on social media. It may just have to be me not logging on uh, until I see the movie because I know that somebody's going to say something and ruin it, which is fine. I understand. That's what people like to do. But of all the pet peeves that I have out there in terms of social life and entertainment, this is probably my number one. Don't post anything about the movie, at least for like a week or two. Let people see it and then pop off with all of your opinions. That's perfectly fine. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Sean Glastamachia for producing. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I am Craig Mish. Coming up next is Full-Time Fantasy with Dr. Roto. Joe and I will be back for the Thursday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Is the wrong team favored? Some predictions for the weekend as well. Have a great Wednesday night, everybody. See ya.